0: 127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry 127 at FBC Brian. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in a relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, what I do, podcast crew. We back with the headset crew. You looking like a fool with your... I don't, Joe Schmo, I don't know if I want to be
1: in the headset crew.
0: <laughs> Why not? We're all wearing headsets right now. Yeah. We are. We are all wearing headsets. You are, you're back. You are muted, Sierra. Good. I'm back. Ah, she's back. Mm. She's back. What are you I'm saying? Back. Literally, she's back.
2: Um, I'm back.
0: After a hiatus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where'd you go?
2: Uh nowhere.
0: Nowhere really. I Where'd just, you come from? I was
2: here. Cotton I Joe? Joe. Nah, there
0: go. <laughs> you did that backwards. Jeez. Where'd you come from? Where'd you Joe go? Joe-eyed cognizant. <laughs> what? <laughs> you did it backwards. You better You better be careful with that. Uh, <laughs> I can't say words anymore, so it's fine. It's not I, good in my position. I struggle with that sometimes, too. It's words. Okay. Words are hard. They're very hard. hard. Do you agree, Caleb? Y- yeah. <laughs> yeah. Caleb's the only yeah. one
2: not wearing green right now.
0: Uh, rude, people, bro. Root. That's what would Root. It's the true What would you classify this color as? No one can see it in the room. But. Salmon. 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 Faded
1: salmon.
2: Zach, exactly what color would you consider it as?
1: Salmon. <laughs> Salmonella. Is it the same color as the <laughs> chair you're sitting in? Uh, it's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually pretty close to this. right here? No, this one. The one that I'm sitting in. Yeah, it's yeah. not. But it's
0: not very mm-hmm. close. It's not close. It's all. it's basically on the money. Yeah. Okay. So here we are. Hey, we we've all, we've talked about movies before. Movies, uh, movies. I'm so bad at movies. Like like a like a lot. I feel like throughout the, the podcast, have we ever asked about books? People's favorite books in the room. I don't think so.
2: because
0: <laughs> I think that's a, it says a lot about a person. Like someone's favorite book. I agree. Of all time. What's of all time? We're gonna we're gonna say we're gonna we're gonna put this out there that the Bible's number one. Mm-hmm. The 66 mm-hmm. collection. That's yeah, fine. Okay. What is what is then top of cream of the crop, top of the list. Wow. Mm.
3: Give me a second. Just a second. Anybody else? Zero, one, go.
1: Um yeah. Mine's Christian Book of the Mystical Verse from uh AW Toes.
0: AW Towser.
1: Uh not not directional in any way whatsoever. It's not like, hey, do this with your life. Mm. Um, it's very much just like, here's my thoughts about God. Word vomited into a book, gathered, nearly impossible to find, mm. and it's it's solid. She do be solid. She do be. <clears throat> I gotta think about this too, to be honest. Honey. You ask a question you weren't even ready for? <laughs> no, I was not ready for. I was curious mm. though. I could go, like, I could just keep going if you want, but Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth, so good, if you want, like, a directional book. Um, Not clearly from a Christian worldview, but just, like, stupid, stupid solid. Yeah.
0: Um... There's a, there's a book called Across the Spectrum, which I know sounds crazy, but it's like biblical ideas. Yeah. So it's like Arminianism versus Calvinism Mm -hmm. and it goes through all of those, those big topics Yeah. and it Mm -hmm. just gives you both sides of the argument. And I thought that was, was really educational for me of when I first started to get into the
3: deep theological conversations. My my gut tells me that my favorite would be, and I, I hate picking a favorite because like I have so many favorite books. But my my initial pick would be like the Chronicles of Narnia series, mm. uh, and my favorite one is probably Nerd. my favorite <laughs> Nerd. one is probably the Last Battle. Last Battle. That's um, sick. Or <laughs> no, you I not have read them. them? No, I'm not. No. Them. <laughs> but it's also hard for me to pick because there's seven books, and if you haven't read Narnia, it's basically a, I guess allegory is a good word to use it, but he basically allegorizes the, the Bible in a lot of ways, and so most of you have probably read or at least watched on TV, the the lion, the witch in the wardrobe. Nope. Where the lion is supposed to represent Jesus who is basically killed by the witch. Mm. Um, but then comes back to life and the sons of Adam and the daughters of Adam are basically ruling and reigning because he now has come back to life. Um, uh, but then the last battle, the reason I like that one so much is because basically, uh, without without trying to spoil the book yeah don't do that um there's a last battle which is symbolic of revelation right and there's this um uh there's just this this <laughs> words heaven uh words are hard. heaven basically that they yeah. all go to i don't, I don't want to spoil how, how they get there obviously but mm, um i wonder how that, i would say that's my favorite <laughs> that's uh, but basically, Sarah's muted again. C.S. Lewis is no, C.S. Lewis what? is probably my favorite author. <laughs>
0: you got disconnected? Are we serious? There's no way. Hello. Well, you're back. No, I'm she, back. She got disconnected. That was on you. That's on me. So you, the the Chronicles of Narnia end game is, is what you're saying. <laughs> the end game, basically. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah, that's S- lovely. S- 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 Sriracha.
2: It's my turn. Is that a new nickname?
0: Please no. I think so. That's
2: that's the like second, second or third time he's he's called me that I today feel good. at least.
0: Probably that a long time. I feel like probably wow. a couple. Why? Months now. Why is
3: she? Why is she? Sriracha,
0: like Sierra, sriracha.
3: It's just kind of the same.
0: I
2: see it. Same know. cadence. <laughs>
3: yeah. I was thinking because sriracha is like reddish orange. Oh, that works too. To be honest, it is. That's
2: so, that is true. <laughs> I guess um, whatever. I mean, as far as like Christian literature, I've like just I like did not read for like many years of my life, and over the past like six months to a year have started reading again so uh as far as that goes i'm just i'm just dipping my toe in the water but i did read this book series when i was a kid um called shiloh have you guys read those books
0: nope
2: it's there's like three or four of them it was a long time ago it's about this little beagle um and they are like really heartbreaking
3: books oh
0: about
2: dog. this dog uh-huh Is he, the-
3: does he get run over or something?
2: Well, oh, <laughs> <the> <laughs> just, first, I don't want to, I don't want to spoil the book for anybody, <laughs> mm, but they really Game sweet versus and you just, you get really, Game. You get really attached to the dog Shiloh and I, um, for the longest time wanted to name my dogs Shiloh and then even like my firstborn child Shiloh. Um, I've grown out of that.
3: That's wow. an impact. Is it similar to like Marley and me?
2: A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Except Marley and me. Yeah yeah a little like bit it. except it's like through the dog's perspective
3: oh yeah, that, yeah. Have, you, have y'all seen there was a movie a couple of years ago it was like i think i know you're talking about it, it was called so. i think it was called a dog's purpose i think
2: uh-huh. yeah I and like that,
3: yeah i'm not the biggest dog person people are gonna h- hear me in the audience and be like oh I in don't. the audience <laughs> and they're gonna be like <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna be like oh, i don't like the, caleb for that but that
1: rabbit judges I'm, you <laughs> like
3: i like i like some dogs Not some, not others, but we had, we had a dog in our house. Didn't really, wasn't very fond of him, Mm. but we weren't supposed to have that movie, like a dog's purpose. I loved it. It was like, he, uh, wasn't
2: it about like reincarnation?
3: Yeah. And it (laughs) it was questionable. It was like not right theologically, but basically the idea was that this dog was like, his spirit was coming back to life through these other like different dogs. And that he found his original owner that he was with as Mm. a kid. Mm -hmm. And he, like, the owner knew it was the dog, even though it was a different dog because of, like, the way that he, he did this trick. But it was a nice movie. Not yeah. right theologically, but... <laughs> Sorry, just listening to you talk about that was awesome.
0: Um, <laughs> hey, are, y'all, are y'all reading anything currently? What's the current book?
1: hmm Yeah. What is mm-hmm. it? The uh, Titus 10, which I'm going through with, with three guys. Titus um, 10. Our ministerial staff is reading Knowing God.
0: By uh, um, J.I. Packer? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so. yeah. oh, I thought that was Tozer.
1: Yeah. Nope. No, J.I. Um, which I tried to get him to do knowing Jesus mm. uh, because knowing God is like lofty. Knowing Jesus, Mark Jones does a much better job of kind of zooming in a little bit. Um, but we're walking through that uh, as a staff. And so those are two that are just like ongoing um, mm-hmm. for me. So I had to lay down a couple other things because now I have like a weekly like meetings with all of them. It's fair. It's good. Yep. It's a good list. For me... I'm
3: reading um the weight of glory the weight. so for christmas i got the weight of glory and screw tape finished screw tape which i also forgot to mention screw tape is also one of my favorite books screw if, tape letters screw yeah. tape letters so yeah no, just screw one. tape just, just for the and so <laughs> um, <laughs> but i'm reading 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 the weight weight of glory sorry i can't speak got it and then um i know i was reading something else it will have to get back to me. Okay, good. I'm reading my textbooks, I guess you could say. <laughs> uh, textbooks. Dominion and Dynasty by Stephen Dempster, I think. Ooh, Dempster.
2: Wow. Exhilarating. Sounds
3: Richard awesome. Hess, and he writes the um, the Old
1: Testament. Okay. So he,
2: he wrote he, the old yeah. the Old Testament. he
1: have been around well. a <laughs> while. <laughs> He's been around a long time. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's pressing. a good professor to have too. The author of the Old yeah, Testament. That's yeah,
2: that's like a you can't even play that card. Yeah. Uh, I'm currently reading Prayer of the Lord.
1: Prayer of the Lord.
2: And I just finished this book called Humble Roots, and it was just like biblical perspective of humility and was just like really eye-opening, convicting book. So it was good.
0: Love that. Zachary? Uh, Currently have two on the docket.
1: Communications 101.
0: Yep. (laughs) A lot of calm textbooks that I don't read. Uh, Mm, Same. Shouting myself out. Um, My professors are listening. I just lied to you. Um... (laughs) The Path to Being a Pastor by Bobby Jameson with nine marks. Um short chapters. Kind of I think it it sticks strictly to scripture when it applies these principles. And so really enjoyed that. And then still still journeying through gentle and lowly because I jump around books all the time. And so uh I think I have like twenty-five percent of that book left and then probably about twenty-five percent about of this one left. Maybe maybe fifteen percent of this one left, so we're almost through, but I was just curious. So um, if you joined us the past couple of weeks, or if you've been in 127, you've probably heard that we've covered angels two weeks ago. Last week was more of a demon-esque focused um, in the ways that these spiritual beings interact with one another. Um, and this week, I uh, just wanted to pose some, some questions and maybe some misconceptions that have been, um, that I found online or have just talked to people about. Um, to try and debunk some of these or answer some of these questions. And so I'm just going to kind of list these off and, and y'all take them and go. Um, the first one, I think a lot of people even got asked this yesterday after someone had a Bible study through Hebrews 1, which makes sense. Uh, what are cherubim and seraphim? Like, What is their purpose? Mm. What even are they? How are they described in scripture? Ready, say go. Mm. Mm.
3: Mm. yeah i mean regrets we have mm. several places <laughs> um mm. you obviously have like the book of ezekiel um and with the book of revelation i'm just going to go to revelation four um we see around the throne verse six on each side of the throne and four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind the first living creature like a lion the se- second living creature like an ox the third living creature like with the face of a man and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight and the four living creatures, each of them with six wings and full of eyes all around and within and day and night, they never cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come. And so just a basic principle you're going to see throughout the Bible when you read that that cherubim are described as having four wings, right? And seraphim are going to be described as having six wings. So that's kind of one one thing that you can use to disting, distinguish between cherubim and seraphim. Obviously, and when you throw in angels into the mix, it, it gets even more difficult. But again, a lot of these questions are hard to answer yeah. because the Bible's not super clear about what's the differences between cherubim and seraphim and angels. Because in the end of the day, when when these heavenly beings, I guess we can say, are mentioned, the more important factor is what are these heavenly beings doing, mm. right? And they're worshiping God because the point is not the cherubim and the seraphim, but the point is the throne of God or the holiness of God or the um, magnificence and the beauty of God. It's always more about what are these um, heavenly beings doing instead of, you know, who they are or what they are. So are these just
0: classifications of angels is is a good way to describe it. It's not necessarily, I guess it could be described as a different kind of angel, but I know you mentioned last week of, Different roles designated for these angels is that just what this is
1: um, yeah th- they all I would say I don't I, I wouldn't even say different class um because they're all gonna fall into it's a heavenly supernatural um thing so you have this early concept way back when angels um cherubim seraphim all regarded as distinct type of angels, um, necessarily. Um, but, but I would put, I would put them and a lot of people in reading this. You good? what do you you do? (laughs) That dude was just sprawling all over. Sorry. (laughs) He's got all (laughs) gangly in there. We should have put him on the couch. Um, (laughs) give him all kinds of room. Um, (laughs) but the, the seraphim would, would are always in scripture on the same level, Mm. um, as angels, but different, function and often I think even the dictionary of I think it's the dictionary of the Old Testament uh, is where I where I pulled this up the cherubim are always associated with um I gotta find this real quick uh da, 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 da. always associated with the presence of and or praising God mm. um and so that's a kind of a bonus. And so he he mentioned it. They're they're mentioned in two contexts of the Pentateuch, guardians to the entrance of the Garden of Eden, um, which would just like clear clearly scream like that's the presence of God. Um and and that being the big one that everyone's always going to point to, but then they also are on the lid of the Ark of the Covenant and so that's crazy like if you get assigned that and so if your attribute is a representation of the presence of God and your response is praising God I think that's the category um that they often get put into um Mm. as those but I I wouldn't say that they're different different classes um I think we just same thing that we do with the book of Revelation we're just trying to figure out words to describe something that we see and like hey let's just let's just Mm -hmm. give it a name
3: yeah and I think I think something that's important too. I was I was telling somebody else this the other day, but often when we think of angels and we think of heavenly beings being represented in scripture, most of the occurrences of of a person describing what they see of again, I mentioned Revelation four. I, I'm looking at Ezekiel one right now, but most of these occurrences were were encounters with a human being and then with the divine or with the heavenly. And often when that happened, they were terrified, yeah, right? I mean, and I know for me, at least personally, when I'm terrified, I don't always use the best um, words or, or describe <laughs> things in the best way, yeah, right? And so I'm, I'm, not sh- saying that, <laughs> I'm not saying that was exactly the way that it happened, but I mean, Rev- Ezekiel 1, um, he, he says again, each had four faces and each of them had four wings. So he's always referencing cherubim here. Their legs were straight. The soles of their feet were like the sole of a calf's foot. They sparkled like burnous bronze, under their wings, on their four sides, they had human hands, and the four had their faces and their wings. Thus, their wings touched one another. Each one of them went straight forward without turning as they went. And so, if you just continued, you're going to see that Ezekiel here is trying to give human descriptions, or yeah. animal descriptions, or object descriptions of what these <laughs> beings look like because he doesn't have the words to say. All he can do is just compare. Okay, yeah. this part of it looked kind of like an animal. This part of it kind of looked like bronze. Like these beings we can't really describe. And I think part of that is, again, he was probably terrified. And two, again, it, it's not really for him to understand what these things mm. are and what they're doing. Mm. The more important thing is is that what is their purpose? Like we mentioned last week, to reveal messages, I mean, to really worship God.
1: Yeah, that's good. The mm. the distinction, if you want to like pull the two out of there, the word seraphim literally means <laughs> the burning ones. Like, like those on fire. on fire. Yeah. And so these are these are like the fiery angels. Um, which is if you want to make a distinction between the two. Um, one was probably representing the presence of God around people that they're invited into that space. And so when you think of Garden of Eden exit, when you think of Ark of the Covenant, we think of any of those things, these are these are places where people were invited to. Um often the seraphim are going to they're gonna show up in places it's like, hey, time to go. Yeah. Um <laughs> burning angel shows up then probably, probably a good time to run. Um, is, and so I think even just the name, there we go. That's an angel that's on fire. Mm. That's an angel that just praises God. Um, and so that's the descriptor of them, but not a, I wouldn't say it's a class of them. Gotcha. You mentioned, this is in a different
0: capacity, but you mentioned guarding things. Uh, there's a, there's a big, I think even Christian idea that, that Christians have guardian angels, that there's an angel just for them, watching over them. Is this true? Are there angels watching over us? Are they simply just just looking at the face of God and praising Him? What does this what does this concept even mean? Is it
3: is it real? Who wants it? How, how long? <laughs> what was that? What did you say? I'm
1: sorry. Sorry,
3: I could answer that, but it might be a longer winded answer.
1: Do we like long winded answers
3: Take word. that thing. What was the question again What do we have guardian angels Yep I want to say that verse Is taken from And John can probably Correct me if I'm wrong But I think it's Matthew 12 um, Where people think That there's um, Where is
1: that <laughs> My legs
3: Am I wrong <laughs> Is it not Matthew 12 18 Matthew 18 I was close I knew it was Matthew That was yeah. pretty close The fact that you ripped these Off the top of your head Is impressive Hey, so. Just you know when you, when you study, it studies you and it becomes, Hey, Woo!
2: Ooh, that's, that's,
1: that's Seraphine. Oh <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> uh, man. Where is it? I like Matthew that. 18, 10. I think. Matthew eighteen ten. Oh yeah. Wow. Good job. See that you do not despise one of these little ones for I tell you that in heaven, their <laughs> angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. Um, so in that context, he's talking about a lost sheep, right? That. Uh, the next verse after it says, a man, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them has gone astray, does he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go in search of the one that went astray? And if he finds it truly, I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the the 99 that went never went astray. So it is not the will of my father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. And so again, in verse 10, he says, see that you do not despise one of the little ones. That's meant to just reference the children of God. And I tell, and he says, "I tell you that the angel, there are all angels, always see the face of my Father who is in heaven." So in that context, it's saying that all of the the people who are the children of God, there's an angel who is, um. Seeing the face of of the Father who is like looking after them, but I don't I don't think that necessarily means that we each have a guardian angel. Um, dang it! But I think it's kind of like what we mentioned last week, where the angels are, serving a much bigger purpose than just. You. And hear me when I say that. I'm not saying that the angels are above us. Again, we, we talk about First Corinthians six. We talk about the fact that we are the children of God and the angels are not. Yeah. So clearly we have an exalted status over them. But I think it's just it's just saying that God sends the angels there to care for the needs of his people. Um, not just again, not one on one, but like we mentioned last week where, you know, the, the angel Michael, I believe was um fighting over the, the specific region, protecting that region, mm. fighting against the demons. So I think it's, it's more, um, regional than just personal. I think. Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah you, you connect that to acts 12 and the story where <laughs> they, the disciples are there and they hear somebody knocking at the gate and they're like, well, that can't be Peter. He's in prison. Maybe it's his angel. Mm. Um, and so like, she runs up, Hey, there's someone knocking. It's Peter. You're out of your mind. Like he, he can't be here. Well, maybe it's his angel knocking. And so you would, you then go, well, did the disciples or the apostles at this point know something that we don't know? Mm. Um, Are they under the assumption that everybody just has like an angel with them flying around, knocking on gates when they need it, Uh, which would be wild. Side note, but, but Caleb just makes a pretty strong point there that, that it's their angels. And so more than just a singular, you have to just sit under the resolve that there are angels who have a given role and responsibility that are mainly how can we help people more clearly see Jesus and be a part of the revelation Mm -hmm. uh, of Jesus. And so I like to sit comfortably under, and this may be safe, this may not, but there are numerous angels assigned to serve humanity. Um, but I don't think that they are specific, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: um, because some of the characteristics and you may get to that point. I mean, they have a they have a unique knowledge, but they're not all knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, they have unique abilities to show up in places, but they're not omnipresent. And so they can't be everywhere at once. Okay. Um and so there's part of you who goes, Hey, well, based off of that math and their limit, maybe I, God should just assign everybody one and be like, Hey, that's yours for the day. Uh, it's a wonderful life type thing. Um, but it that's not not what we see in scripture. It's not what's there's really just those two verses that even kind of scratch the surface of that more. So of this idea that there's angels and they're doing stuff and they're paying attention to people Mm -hmm. and they're serving in unique ways, but it's not specific.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I think better than a guardian angel, like we have the Holy Spirit as believers, like guiding us, protecting us, walking us through life. And so, I mean, I don't know. That's kind of what yeah. I like to.
3: Yeah. yeah, that's good. And I mean, again, I think that something I've just learned so much and I've tried to counsel people with is just to not make um, assumptions based on one verse, yeah. right? Because again, we're going to get to this in a minute, but like the, the Matthew eighteen ten, it's like, oh, doesn't that, that verse seems to be saying that everybody has a guardian angel. And yet that verses or that, that idea that, um, that doctrine, I guess you could say, is not teach anywhere, taught, taught, not teached. It's not taught <laughs> anywhere else in the scriptures. Yeah. Um, again, you, you go to Acts 12, you go to Matthew 18. I'm, my mind thinks Genesis 19, where uh, verse one, the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face to the earth and said, My lords, please turn aside to your servants' house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise up early and go on your way. And so we have... Um, Two angels there going to meet Lot to send him the message that Sodom and Gomorrah will be destroyed Um, and just to check on him at first. And so really, again, it just it fits in that idea that because angels aren't omnipresent, right, they're they're not everywhere at once. And because they're not all knowing, right, only God is. Again, we we made that distinction last week that a lot of times we think Satan and the demons know everything and that they are everywhere at once and yet that's a distinction only reserved for God. Yeah. And so these angels because they can't be everywhere at once and because they are only serving um a purpose that they they only have a limited knowledge of. In this case their their purpose was to serve Lot. And so I think again it just teaches us that it can't just be that um there's 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 this one angel all the time that's always there for you because again there's only a limited number of angels that are yeah. Serving a purpose for, you know, these little ones, all of the children. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's a key point
0: because I think Sierra kind of hit on this, but, but <laughs> angels have this, this finite nature in a sense that they can only have a certain capacity compared to a God who has an infinite capacity to care and to love and to, to point us in a direction um, more than just having an, a guardian angel would mm-hmm. uh, be able to. And so, I guess just continuing on this angel track, I I saw this question somewhere. I thought it was interesting. First Corinthians six verse three. um, It says, do you not know that we are, that we are to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to this life? Um, Which just raises the question, like what is, what is judging angels look like? What's the purpose of that? Um, When does this take place?
2: Yeah. Mm. It does say that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I've never really even thought about this idea that, that we would judge angels unless this is a pertaining to a different context, but I don't think it is. Maybe I'm wrong.
3: Yeah. I mean, you look at the, I think it's healthy to just read that whole section of 11 verses. Yep. Right. And so you read verse one, when one of you, and so he's speaking to the church, right? Not just anybody, but when one of you believer has a grievance against another. So another, there is not just anybody when But it's against another believer in the church does he dare go to law before the unrighteous instead of the saints and so again what he's saying there is that if you have a grievance against your brother in christ or your sister in christ why would you go and try to resolve it with um, an unrighteous judge or somebody who's not a believer or do you not know that the saints will judge the world in essence you should go to the believers to to fix things to resolve things And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more than matters pertaining to this life? So really the point there is not that we're going to judge angels, but the point there is that because we are superior to angels, how much more than should we um, be rulers or authorities or um, present to resolve conflicts in this world? And so I think... Yes, it's interesting there that he mentions that we're to judge angels, but really the the context of the story is saying that because in Christ we have authority, we we ought to be the ones that are bringing positive change into the world, not just going to the unbelievers to fix everything, because we have the ability to do that.
1: Yeah. I want to connect those two things, maybe, if we can. Uh, The idea of guardian angels, and for us to quote-unquote poo-poo on that for some people— um, should, way to
3: quote that
0: <laughs> should
1: be should be good news, not bad news. Who pooing yeah. on them guardian angels? Because if we if we take away the idea, excuse me, of guardian angels, and then loudly declare that it's all the angels for all the people, mm. um, we're we're gonna might get there this week with Hebrews one, because this this idea when you get to verse fourteen is, are they not all ministering spirits mm. sent out to serve for the sake of those who have inherited salvation? And so they are all sent out for all Christians. Mm. And so not guardian angel, the whole legion yeah, is, has, and I, I, I kind of want to make that personal because you can, but, but get outside of that. It's all the angels for all the people. Mm. Um, mm. and then, and so with that, when you go from 14 to go, well, verse 13, what angel I've ever asked to sit at my right hand. And he's trying to elevate the idea mm. of what Jesus has done. And, and so often, and I'm guilty of this, and I think it's probably a pretty good posture though, for us to, to settle into that, that Jesus loves the world and Jesus loves me and, and all of those things. And so sometimes we elevate our stature mm. and, and we can write worship songs, that kind of become more about us than about God. And we can, we can think about God's love is for us. And all of those things are true, but it's, it's wise for you to sit into a humble position of like, this yeah. is for God's glory. But then when you're going through Hebrews and you get, I think it's two verse 16 for surely that says for Jesus, it's not the angels that he helps, but he died for the offspring of Abraham. Mm. And so in that you go, well, why can we judge angels? Well, one, we're made in the image of God and the angels aren't. Jesus died for us. He didn't die for them. Mm. And so we get a better thing. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. than they, than they ever have. And to the point where just because of this kind of goes back to last week, just because of our position, we get something, which Mm -hmm. is also to be elevated above the angels, which is a pretty wild thought. Yeah. But we get that just because of what God did. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: I think again, that, that word there, um, I'm such a nerd, but people are always gonna like <laughs> not the Greek. But yeah, you always you always want to go back to the Greek. And so uh if you just were to always look, look back to uh verse one, uh when it says go to law, does he dare go to law? That's the word um crino, right? Krino. And when he says in verse two that <laughs> the saints shall judge the world, it's also the word crino. Um in verse three that the saints will judge the angels, it's also the word crino. Which again, <laughs> it, like <laughs> Sorry. Uh, in this context, it seems more likely that it means to rule or to govern, to to show, to have authority over, hmm. rather than just to, like, condemn. Because often when we think of judging, we think of, oh, well, this person has experienced some sin or they've done some sin, and now they're guilty, and so I'm going to condemn them to hell. But obviously, um, we're not going to be having <laughs> the authority over the holy angels in the sense that we're going to condemn them, because they haven't sinned in in that matter. And so again, what it seems more likely of is that they're, um, we're going to be ruling over them in authority. And that connects 2 Timothy 2.12, which says, if we endure, we also will reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. And then Revelation 20, verse 4, which says, then I saw thrones and seated on them were those to whom the authority to judge was committed. Um, and so again, the, verse, the rest of that verse says, they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. And so it seems likely That because of what John just said, because Jesus died for us, not the angels, because we, not the angels, were made in the image of God, that we will have the ability to rule over God's creation, to rule over the heavens under God's authority, of course, but rule over the angels in that sense. Hmm. Similar to how I think God told Adam and Eve in the garden to rule over the animals. You look at Genesis 2, and it was to fill and subdue the earth, right? And so that's not to show that they're um, condemning any of the, a- the animals, but rather they're governing the animals mm. as their subjects, basically. You watch Big Fat
1: Greek Wedding? No, I haven't. <laughs> you need to get on that. That was a segue. Why is that? Because, because Gus, who's the dad, we uh, Port- Porto Carlos, Porto Carlos. will do that through the entire movie. And so when Ian Miller shows up, that's how he says his name and starts dating his daughter, but he's not Greek.
3: I can't watch it then.
1: No, you'd have to. You have to. <laughs> um, because there's dating in it. Or uh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It, it, it ends well. Okay. It's a, it's a happy good. story. Um, but he'll take. It hasn't ended well. <laughs> he'll, take any, he'll take any word and he goes, you know that I can take any word back to the Greek. And so he takes his last name and he's like Miller from the Greek word (laughs) Milo, which means apple. (laughs) And you're from New York. So there you go. And like that, that's what he does through that. You would love Mm -hmm. it. And so you should, uh, you should do that. It's a show or a movie because his last name, it's a, it's a movie. His last name is Miller from the Greek word Milo. And her last name is Portico from the Greek word which means orange and so together your apples That's and oranges, oranges. <laughs> And he's like there oh, you go wow. he does that at the wedding speech which nice every time i go That's skiing legendary. it's so good but i i said it from stage from the very beginning when he looks in the rearview mirror and sees her and he goes you're so old <laughs> to his daughter <laughs> it just gets me every time and i'll start laughing and it'll last for about an hour yeah through no, the don't. whole movie so I, go watch it and tell me how much you hate it <laughs> <laughs> why do you think i'll hate it just because it's one of those that if you love it, you're all in. And if you don't love it, you're just like, this is not great. I will say
3: this though, I'm not like, very critical of movies. Your like the most movies that I watch I enjoy. Like even the one Ooh, that you I don't know about that.
1: No, go here. back go look
3: at my letterbox. He's you it's, out. it's so hard for me to rate movies low. What's a letterbox? Letter it's like That's this sick. app. Yeah. It's you honestly one of my movies. favorite apps. Okay.
0: You add friends, you rate movies, you can see other people's ratings and reviews yeah. and hmm. stuff like that. And
3: so, like, and you can review stuff, too. And so, like, Daniel Lee, he always criticizes me for my ratings. But, like, because you can go and see... So, is all evil from the devil? <laughs> but no, okay, so I, I found that a verse... Is, I love that. <laughs> I found the verse... Sorry. 34 in. Go ahead. I found the verse I was looking for. Um, Genesis 128, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the burns of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And so it seems in that perspective that when God created the world, we were originally meant to just have dominion over the earth, and yet God has in Christ given us the ability to rule over the the heavens in that sense too. Again, we're all subject to God's authority, but I think it's just cool that there's um, this dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens because they weren't made in god's image again that that title of in his own image is only given to man mm-hmm. to adam and eve um and so even in that sense we will rule over the angels we will exhibit dominion over the angels
0: yeah that's good i guess I'll, I'll ask this one question uh and then hopefully try to wrap up this uh three-part series but uh there's there's a big misconception um within a lot of christian circles that, that all evil comes from from the devil um, and I think there's a lot of scripture that, that points otherwise. So mm-hmm. what are y'all's thoughts? How would you debunk the, uh, that argument?
3: <laughs> Go ahead. I feel like I've, I feel like I've talked a lot already, but that's good for us. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would just say you think about James, um, James one, I believe where it says that each person is tempted when his own desire gives way um and his flesh leads. And so I think even in that sense of does every evil come from from the enemy? No. Clearly some evil comes from flesh. You think about the curse again with Genesis 3. And it's clear that when Satan tempted Eve and Adam was also tempted as well, that God cursed the field and God cursed the 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 serpent. And because of that, the um the effects of the curse affected, I guess, is the best way to say it, Adam and Eve and the ground and all of the things that they did. Mm. And so again, some evil is is not just because of Satan, but some evil is because when we sinned in the beginning, we messed everything up. And so because of that, some some evil is our fault. Mm. Now, hear me when I say that. I'm not saying that the personal experiences in your life that have happened to you are always your fault. That's not the case. Much of the evil that happens in this world is, again, because the demons god has allowed the demons to cause chaos for now until he judges the angels hmm. so hear me when i say that that not all evil is your fault but also not
1: all evil is is satan's fault so hmm. Hmm. oh yeah yeah it's a you big question you, you ask big questions at the 37 minute mark and so we have to be <laughs> careful in trying to answer things like this in five minutes um but and that's okay uh, for people that ask this question please don't expect a five minute answer to satisfy, but we love the, the conversation, but, but I want to try to boil it maybe down a little bit. Uh, Jeremiah two thirteen, mm. for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they've, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So the two mm. things, they've forsaken the God and they've hewed out these cisterns mm. for themselves. And so what is evil according to Jeremiah two thirteen? 13? Mm. It's preferring something to God. They, they preferred these broken cisterns to God. And that's what evil is. Like Mm -hmm. if you look at the entire biblical story, evil is not a thing. Evil is a preference. Mm -hmm. And so you have Satan willing something, you have demons willing something, you have humans willing something more than God. Mm -hmm. And so evil is defined throughout the Bible. Within this reference of willing um, ourselves to do something that is not God or God's will, um, that's why God's will is important. <laughs> you connect those two things, and so if God is the supreme, the highest value, the the greatest, the smartest, the, the wisest, all of those things, if He's the ultimate, then then you look at evil in reference to Him being the ultimate. And failure to value that ultimate thing is evil. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen God or I've seen the images of God, a reference to God. Um, and what Jeremiah says is they they have a view of God and they've traded it for this. yeah. Um, and so that's, that's what evil is. And, and that's the hard part, like to have free will um, and for God to give us the ability to choose in mm-hmm. some spaces brings about that will. Yep. And if you were to choose anything other than God, that makes you evil. Mm. And so it's not a created thing. It's a response thing. Um, and so that that's where we have to, now that's the five minute answer to this that's hard <laughs> for people because we yeah. look around and we go, well, evil exists all over the yeah. world. Yeah. But you, you make that tangible when instead you can boil down evil to something that somebody or something has done mm. to you um, yep. and make it a descriptor more than that, that. It's not physical. It's just a preference thing for us. Yeah. yeah.
3: No, and I, I tend to think too, just because I've I've always been, re- or I've I've wrestled with this question for a lot of my life, and I've heard other people wrestle with this question, and it's been something that uh, often unbelievers will use to yeah. um, attack our faith, and it's the question of, well, if God is good, then why why is there still evil in this world, right? <laughs> Excuse
1: me. Did <laughs> something go in there? <laughs> Yeah, there's probably a bug, so, bug like, in that engine. Like, like, like Boba Tea. <laughs> That's a story for another time. <laughs> what?
3: The, the bug in the engine is a fucking but what I was going to say is that if if God were to truly remove all of the evil oh, yeah. from this world, again, there would be no humans left in this world to, to live in it. And so again, it's my 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 mind is reminded of the verse of Ezekiel, mm-hmm. I think it's 33:11 where it's, "Do you not know that God um, wants that that no one should perish, but that every man, wicked, wicked man should turn from his way and live. Mm. And so again, I, th- I think just why, why is there evil? It's because God has allowed human beings to exist. And in our free will, we choose evil. We, we prefer evil over God's good intention. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's the simplest way I can put it.
2: Yeah. I think in my brain is turning in a million different directions. Yeah. So, uh, here's me processing this out loud, but I think where we get into trouble is, you know, God invites us to share in his glory. Um, but a lot of times we look at God and we want his glory instead. Good. Um, this is good. And I think a lot of that evil is when our desires are perverted to want to be God instead of wanting to know God. Mm. Um, and so I think a lot of even fighting that, I think we give the devil too much credit in like, Oh, I'm, you know, being tempted in this way. I'm being all of this, you know, forces outside of my control when it's like a lot of it is just us putting ourselves above God. Um, and then Mm. when we do that, then like, there's really no bounds on, on what we're willing to do to achieve that status or to think that we, Mm. you know, have earned that place when Mm. that was never our place to take
1: yeah that uh, like if you could connect that idea because she she nailed it like God's glory is the ultimate and so we're gonna hey we're gonna share the gospel we're gonna use the Romans road so here's Romans 323 all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God that hurts mm-hmm. um you and sinner and that's true but why is that and so just do the just keep these numbers in your head if 323 is true why is it true 123 mm-hmm. Romans 123 why because you've exchanged the glory of God for that of images yep It Mm. became a will thing. I've seen it. Mm. I want that instead. Mm. And that put me in a sinful state where I've fallen short of the glory of God, which was available. And I willingly traded it. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And we live in a culture today that just like reproduces everything like you know, you have like the real version of something and then you can also get like the fake, like knockoff Louis Vuitton, Nike, whatever it is. Um, Mm -hmm. and we just live in this culture of like instant gratification and and things Mm -hmm. that can just be easily reproduced. And then we look at God and his glory and, and kind of modern Christianity today. And we think that we can reproduce Mm. God. (laughs) So good. And we can't. Um, and I think that's kind of where the switch has to come in of, you know, desiring something greater, like, no, I don't want to be God. And we kind of see it, um, in the book of Job towards the end when Job's like, God, why have you forsaken me? What have I done to deserve this? And God's like, where were you when all of this happened? When I, you know, formed the stars, when I set the sea, all of this stuff. And like in our human capacity, like we cannot handle being God. And so to think that we can, you know, and in our pursuit of that, we're not left with any peace. Um, and that's because we were not created to handle that kind of capacity
0: yeah that's good i think a lot of people see the idea of humbling yourselves under god as a as a detriment to your faith but it's actually a gift uh being able to to recognize that there's a god that that knows more than you infinitely more than you do um and being able to rest in that is is a comfort for sure so any final thoughts from the from the podcast crew for the angels and demons or the, the headset
1: crew <laughs> as you put it earlier yeah, head the headset head crew. crew. did you intend mm-hmm. to just like hey let's go after angels at the beginning of hebrews like for a good reason or all of a sudden it just happened
3: it was
0: on the podcast questions and it just kind of happened sovereignty uh, God's sovereignty right there 100% Mm, I'll take it well thanks for thanks for joining us on this journey Uh, we'll have a random topic next week probably even though there's some so much more I want to ask which you know we may come back for part four we'll We'll see see. we'll see what happens (laughs) we'll see you guys right back here next week on 127 on Mike. very soon hey Super Bowl coming up
3: soon as well February 11th. Go Chiefs.